0: Hi, my name is Stephen Mather. Welcome to Cult Hackers. This is a podcast that has never counted its time, and we don't apologise for it. Uh, welcome our special guest, returning Riley from the Jexit channel. <laughs> <That's> hilarious! <laughs> Hi Stephen, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really well. It's great to have you back. Um So, uh, our, our listeners um won't know well they might know uh, because we put some pictures up on instagram but um you and your lovely wife came over to stay uh, a few months ago and um we had a lovely evening halfway through the evening i mean sure we'd both we'd all had a couple of drinks of glasses of wine um and riley we we got talking about some of the old tv shows we used to watch um which was great and I don't know about you but whenever I've had a couple of glasses of wine I suddenly become extremely entrepreneurial and have great ideas (laughs) Um, and one of the ideas was (laughs) we should talk about this on the podcast it would be brilliant Um, normally my ideas don't go anywhere but anyway we're going to do it we're going to do it we're going to do essentially what we were doing um on that that evening um and I know our wives enjoyed us um singing the theme tunes (laughs) Uh, But we're not going to do that, I don't think today. (laughs) That was so. uh, Yeah, it was. So, but we're not going to subject our listeners to us. No, no. our way through the podcast, I don't think. Um, But anyway, yeah. So we, you're younger than me. I think you're about ten years younger than me. But it seems like we were watching exactly the same program. So obviously, there was a lot of repeats in those days. Yes, (laughs) there (laughs) were. so reruns and repeats um so we ended up kind of being interested in the same tv shows um so how are we gonna how are we gonna approach this because we could just geek out on this like for a couple of hours uh are we trying to uh shoehorn it into our interest in cults and so on
1: um not necessarily i think if there is a little bit of overlap that's fine but um yeah i don't think we have to try and um...
0: we don't have to do we
1: no, we don't have to try However, and shoehorn it in like the JWs do with their prophecy, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: we could. Well, actually, we could do a whole, um you know, type-anti-type interpretation of an episode of Battlestar Galactica or something. Um uh, That could be quite good. Yeah. How happy fine brothers that um, <laughs> Starbuck realised the need to answer so on. Yeah, okay. So um one thing I was thinking, though, <laughs> was that I had a kind of slightly difficult relationship with some of these TV shows. So um, we, we led a pretty boring life, I think, for the most part for kids. You know, our fun was was very much um, enclosed around uh, the brothers and sisters and um, doing things as congregations and so on. So there wasn't a lot of time for real individual interests and and things like that so tv shows were kind of really important to me anyway i watched quite a lot of tv growing up um and we of course were allowed to watch tv unlike some religious groups but there was a kind of semi-detached feel to the culture around us because we although we we were living in a normal house with tv and radio um we weren't supposed to get too involved in the world. So Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have friends in the world. We wouldn't get too sort of caught up in worldly activities. And there's always, of course, lots of things you, you were not supposed to do. So watching Mm -hmm. television with lots of swearing in it or sex in it or violence in it. So there was a lot of restrictions that made enjoying TV quite tricky. I don't know about how you felt about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I actually done a TikTok recently. I think I did, or maybe just I just had the idea to do it but didn't actually do it. I can't remember. But um <laughs> recently um I unlocked a memory where my mum banned me from watching He-Man because oh. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of spirit, there were a lot of like according to JW spiritistic mm-hmm. elements in in that cartoon. Um, there was Skeletor, who was sort of like this undead type. Character, and there were not. There was lots of magic and, and and stuff like that. And I know that 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 is a fact, but that isn't why she banned me from watching it. She banned me from watching it because there was this one particular episode I was watching, and she misheard someone say the word starship, and she thought they said the word darkness. So they were like trying to contact this starship over like a long range radio transmitter or something. And it was like, I was calling the starship. And she thought they said calling out to the darkness or something like that. Oh, and she right. immediately turned it off <laughs> and was like, you're never watching that
0: again. Oh. <laughs> was that the cartoon? Was that the cartoon one? Yeah, the He-Man cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I do remember. I don't remember watching it very much. Yeah. Um... So that's one that I didn't really watch that much but no that's that's interesting yeah I mean I think the thing around so I was really into sci-fi I know I know you were as well uh we yes. we sort of found that out on that evening but um you know with science fiction um and fantasy I suppose there's this uh, there's this line between what you might consider to be the supernatural yeah. and what you can explain away in terms of technology, and mm-hmm. that was quite interesting. So, things like being able to telepathically uh, transmit your thoughts from one person to another, um, that's kind of a bit dodgy, I think, for a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses because it's like, oh, divination, mind reading, this mm-hmm. is this is mm-hmm. sort of uh, stuff that the Bible warns us against, but then. There was a um, somehow you could you could get away with that because it was a different species, uh, or maybe it was facilitated by some sort of technology. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, I think it was quite interesting. I remember going to a group study once and having a chat with one of the sisters there, who also loved Star Trek, uh, and we were talking about the episode that had been on just before we went to the book study group. And we said, "Oh, did you watch it this week? It was really really good, wasn't it?" And the book study conductor, um, who was an elder. He he said, "Oh, I not We don't watch. Uh, we don't watch that because you know we don't think it's appropriate, really." Um, and we were like, "Oh, why?" You know, and he said, "Well, because of the, you know, the people just appearing." He was talking about the transporter, you know, just sort of appearing oh, out of nowhere. My goodness. And for him, that was a bit, you know, that was a bit wrong. You shouldn't really be looking at that or watching that. Um, so that bothered me a little bit, but not enough. I, I did carry yeah. on watching Star Trek, but there were some episodes of Star Trek that we never got to watch because um i was telling sarah about this the other day you know there was one episode where they go to this planet and there's these uh these incredibly powerful aliens that are able to um sort of make magical things happen a bit like q i suppose now but which was the original star trek and he um he made the starship enterprise into a little model that was on the table like a little almost like a voodoo sort of doll and um and oh we couldn't watch that you know that was getting too close to the mm. to the bad things so we never did watch that episode um and there were a few like that you know it's always you're always on the alert for anything that might be considered spiritism or demonic yeah. or something like that yeah, yeah my experience was exactly the same
1: um in, in terms of rationalizing the things that i couldn't couldn't watch could or couldn't watch for me the way i did it is that if the thing within the within the show's narrative if it had an, a scientific explanation and that was yeah. okay <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. You know. yeah, that's right and i think so that's why i was more into uh science fiction sort of proper science fiction rather than fantasy because fantasy was mm. more difficult to be able to it was very much
1: more difficult to justify yeah yeah i, I liked a lot of it anyway
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I, I suspect it's quite similar now for lots of the young ones, young ones, um, yeah. because they, um, they're the same. So, you know, Harry Potter is a good example of this, you know. I yeah. mean, Harry Potter, um, it's just make-believe, obviously, and it's just a bit of nonsense. Mm. Um, but, of course, you know, generations of, of Jehovah's Witnesses have been denied mm. the, uh, you know, the enjoyment of reading a harry potter book or, or watching the movies you know i i personally yeah. slept through them all you know which has been <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so yeah yeah it's, it's kind it's, of sad i think it is it is really sad i mean
1: um i mean i'm i'm not of the harry potter generation although i have no, I mean, started watching the movies just because they're so such a big part of pop culture mm-hmm. which is something mm-hmm. that i'm keenly interested in But if I was of that generation being told that I couldn't watch Harry Potter, that would be like someone of our generation being told that we couldn't watch Star Wars, you know? it's Mm -hmm. like That was like one of the the defining things of our generation, you
0: know? Right, now that's a good one. So Star Wars, um, that was one that I had a few worries about. Um, So I was, uh, again, I'm older than you, so I was 11 when the first Star Wars came out. So I went to watch Star Wars with my dad we queued up like everybody else um but i found that i really really loved it i love the effects obviously they were like nothing we'd ever seen before it's fantastic um but i was very conscious of the storyline um being a kind of philosophical first of all the violence you know there was mm. <laughs> The fact that somebody gets their arm chopped off was the big thing at school, you know. Oh, did you see mm-hmm. that? And I was a bit bit worried about that. Um, but also the the philosophy of it, because it was like a there was a whole big philosophy around that. You know the uh, the force and mm. um, that people again could do things like move things with their minds, telekinesis, and um, you know change people's thinking and. Yeah, I, I, I sort of worried a bit about that, especially when the Yoda character came out, because he just looked like a little goblin who, um, <laughs> you know, had these powers that, uh, and again, you know, that that was quite a tricky one. I loved it, but I still worried a bit about the magical aspects of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I knew brothers and sisters, or brothers and sisters, I still say that, I know. <laughs> even after all this time. But, um, I knew other Jehovah's Witnesses who, who refused to watch Star Wars completely i even heard some uh jw urban legends about people who were attacked by demons while watching star wars really (laughs) yeah
0: oh wow oh wow i didn't know any of that Mm -hmm. i didn't come across any of those extremists Uh, extremists (laughs) upon extremists i suppose yeah all right so um some of the the the, the shows that we were talking about the other night are a bit a bit more vague, aren't they? So obviously everybody's heard of Star Wars and Harry Potter and stuff like that, but um, some of our favourites growing up. I mean, Star Trek, I've already mentioned, you know, I, I've loved the Star Trek series forever. Me too. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like it, it gave me a philosophy, almost a parallel philosophy to the Jehovah's Witness one that was mm. not, it wasn't, um, it didn't feel threatening at all but it, it sat alongside it. And actually when I started to leave, um, I feel like I, I I was able to appreciate that all the more, you know? Um, I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, I actually, this is going to sound really, really stupid, but as an indoctrinated JW who had, Future plans of living in this, you know, mm-hmm. utopian society. I didn't. I saw the 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 world that is created in Star Trek, or the universe rather that's created in Star Trek, as being a possibility. Yeah, you know, um, I saw it as being a possibility that at some point in the future, after Armageddon, that we might colonize other planets. Mm-hmm. You know, and develop technology that would allow us to get to these other planets so i didn't see star trek as being far fetched the only the only thing was like the different alien races although I, yeah. I hadn't definitely decided that there weren't any but um that was the only thing that didn't uh, that in my mind didn't align it perfectly with jw theology in terms of our vision for the future
0: there was a distinct lack of jehovah's witnesses in these alien worlds was, yeah. <laughs> Nobody mentioned it, did they? Nobody mentioned you no. in these no. other worlds. So that was a bit of a problem. Um, yes. <laughs> it that way. But yeah, I, I mean my favourite character was Mr. Spock, really. And so I loved this idea of um of logic and reasoning and mm. um not allowing emotion to, to to determine what what you knew to be true or not and that i think is a very secular it's a very humanist oh, ironically because obviously he's supposed to be a vulcan but it's a very humanist <laughs> approach and of course all the characters in star trek are just facets of human beings um so we explore you know the aggressive klingons and the warmongering romulans and the logical mm-hmm. vulcans and so on and so on and as the Star Trek universe increased, we 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 explored more of these different facets of humanity and got yeah. to got to explore parts of ourselves, you know. And that's why I think Star Trek is so interesting as a cultural phenomenon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I totally agree. I mean, um the one of the races that always fascinated me was the Cardassians. You know yes. they they were they were very um What's the word different elements of their culture are very contradictory they're not easy to understand or figure out mm. they can be so hum- not necessarily humanitarian but there are aspects of of their their culture and their their family lives that that's that seem almost aspirational but then on the same hand they're the closest thing you can get to space
0: Nazis. <laughs> I'm going to say they are kind of space Nazis, but I think that's <laughs> that's why they're so interesting. Because I mean, this is um, uh, slightly off topic a bit, but we recently watched the Godfather movies again, um, mm. and I, I think it's kind of similar to that. One of the fascinating things about about these characters is when you. You realise there's parts of them that you really warm to, and you recognise, you know, mm. the, how the Godfather loves his grandchildren and um, and this family ethos. And actually, you know, even when Michael Corleone is doing all these horrible, terrible things, he this there's an element of humanity about him. Um, and so that's that's complicated. It's difficult. And I think, yeah, you're right with with the Cardassians. I and mean, in fact, a lot of the characters there's. You you come to understand that it's complicated, you know. So it's yeah. a lot around politics. So the Cardassians are actually the way they are because of their politics, essentially. And and mm. they're not all like that. It's it's um it, it's part of their indoctrination. So yeah, very very interesting. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, and, uh, now, yeah. not
1: not being a Jehovah's Witness anymore, I really love shows and stories with complex characters that you can't easily fit into a one box of being good or another box of being bad that really really appeals to me now whereas when I was a JW it was the complete opposite Uh, for years I refused to watch certain shows where the protagonist was a bad guy or at least like morally ambiguous I just I just couldn't do it because it it didn't fit into my worldview of stories being about good triumphing over evil you know, it didn't fit ni- nicely or neatly into that, into that view. So I didn't know how to relate to shows like that. And I, I just refused to watch them.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Um you were you were encouraged actually not to, you know, th- that would be yeah. some counsel from uh at assemblies or or from the magazines sometimes, you know. Do you do you root for the the, the bad guy? You know, do you do you sympathize with the um with a character that's just done something terrible, you know, and, and that, yeah, absolutely. Forgetting that that some of the characters in the Bible that we were supposed to be um, really admiring, you know, were absolutely appalling people. You know? Yeah. King yeah. David is like the greatest example. Of what a villain he is. You yeah. Know? What a terrible yeah. man. Absolutely yeah. appalling. And man. Samson. <laughs> Samson, yeah. What about yeah. him and Jihu and all these yeah. judges that would go hacking people to death, you know. It's like... Yeah. Oh, uh we're supposed to really admire these people but yeah you know when you i don't know when you when you're watching a tv program with um of the a team and the shooting guns on know we shouldn't yeah. be watching that you know um. yeah so so quite quite odd and just before we leave the Cardassians, I um i i should mention that um i i when i watch it now i think about the Cardassians the have a very similar judicial system to the jw's judicial committee yes, in yes that you're already found guilty before guilty. you have the trial <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> basically you've just got to find a good way to uh maintain as much dignity as possible uh that's mm-hmm. really your only job in your trial is to uh is yeah. to try and go down with dignity which i think is quite funny Um, Okay. So Star Trek, we, we shouldn't, we can't just talk about Star Trek, but I will say that, you know, I love all of the iterations. I'm interested in the later ones. Um, but of course, you know, I loved the original series. Mm. Um, I loved Picard in the, Mm. um, in the next generation, which is looking really old now as well. Um, we've got, I I love the deep space nine series, Mm. um, I wasn't as keen on it when it first came out but I, again Me neither. Because, because I think you know you become a bit more sophisticated and you're interested in the politics and the uh, all yeah. the you know the intrigue I really love it and I love Cisco as a captain I think he's absolutely brilliant Yeah um, and Voyager I know not everybody likes Voyager but I did I did quite
1: Oh like, I loved Voyager yeah. I absolutely loved Voyager I, um, I think one of the reasons I loved it because I, it reminded me a lot of Battlestar Galactica, the original
0: one, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they're
1: like far away from home and they're, they're they're going on a journey and it's like you know perilous and it's going to take a really long time and you know I, I loved that continuity throughout the whole yeah. series and uh, and I saw that in Voyager as well, which endeared it to me.
0: I I, I really enjoyed Voyager, especially the later series. I think there was um some really good episodes. I mean, I always think that the um... <laughs> You know, the original Star Trek was boldly going where no one's gone before. Then the second one, the next generation, was the next generation boldly going where no one's gone before. And then Deep Space Nine was kind of staying still while people boldly came to us. And then yeah. Voyager was boldly <laughs> coming back home again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a way of
0: looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, Glenn
1: cool. A. Larson, the producer who created the original ba- Battlestar Galactica, he was a member of the um Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
0: He was a Mormon, that's right. Yeah. And the
1: whole Battlestar Galactica story is an allegory of the Mormon's um sojourn across the, the Midwestern
0: United States. How interesting. Yeah, I How found that out recently,
1: which was really interesting.
0: Because it, it also borrows from um some of these almost like ancient alien um sort of ideas doesn't it you know oh the, yeah the, absolutely that they kind of seeded the our so all these gods like a, apollo and um yeah uh what what was what was the the big guy called the the um apollo's dad what was he called adaman Adama. yeah adaman i mean yeah. you can't get much more on the nose Adam. than that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed that. So tell us a bit more about uh, Battlestar.
1: That's that's one of the things that I really liked it as well. The the distant origin theory. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of each episode, you'd get a narrator. Um, I can't remember his name in real life, but he played Peel in the Avengers. Yes. Um, what
0: was his name? Oh. Yeah, oh, it's, it, I'm blanking on it, but I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: he would narrate it and say, there are some who believe that life down here started out there. That's right. <laughs> he would say that at the beginning of each episode, and that idea fascinated me. Mm-hmm. And um, even like the designs of some of the clothing they would wear, or like the pilots, their their helmets looked a lot like the headdresses that Egyptian pharaohs would wear. Yes, and all of that, like tie in ancient history and with this futuristic story, I found you know what what's the word for it anachronisms. I found it really, really, yeah. really intriguing.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. Again, though, it didn't quite fit with the um, the JW history, so that was a no. bit tricky when you started thinking too deeply about that. Um, mm. Yeah, and of course, um, I mean it's right on brand because uh, you know the fear of the Cylons uh the the artificial intelligence robots yeah. basically uh yeah. trying to destroy us um, there was a, one of the the robots was called um Lucifer that's right yeah mm. yeah yeah he was the most interesting actually of all those robotic characters he Lucifer mm-hmm. we only got to see him quite late on in the series i think because uh, we started to realize that there was this um this human that was kind of um if not in charge of they seem to be in charge of them. Uh Boltar was it? Boltar, yeah,
1: yeah. Um he he was a member of the of the council that betrayed them to the silence right, right at the very right. beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, okay. Um
1: and, and they then, were like 12 tribes.
0: That's right. Like, the 12 they tribes. Were 12, yeah,
1: they yeah, they they're, they're from a system where there are 12 planets and each planet is named after one of the signs of the zodiac that's right That's right. but then the humans who went to earth they were a 13th tribe that that were like enshrined in legends no one knows whether they actually exist or not but since they lost that's their right. home, they're like let's let's seek out our lost 13th tribe see that's if they right. really do exist yeah, and yeah, if um, you
0: can find where they went well tingles down tingles yeah. down my spine now. I want to go and watch Star Galactica. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a very interesting idea. And, of course, there, mm. there was a remake of it, um, which feels like new, but, I mean, that's probably 10 years old now. Um, old, the, older. The, the reboot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember us watching that, and, I mean, that was awesome. I thought that was absolutely It was fantastic.
1: so, so good. Mm. It was so good. I think it departed enough from the original series to make it fresh and new but kept enough for it to still be be true to the source material.
0: Yeah. And I, what was interesting about that as well was the, um, again, the religious and philo- philosophical elements of it. So what was interesting was the humans, they were poly, uh, polytheists. So they yes. had all these different gods, you know. So they'd say, yeah. you know, thank the gods and thank gods for this and so on. So they had this this way of talking that was always mm. uh, recognizing that they were polytheists. Yeah. And um, but the the Cylons, who obviously this new iteration was a bit different in that, yeah, there were still the hunks of metal but actually there was also this was it eight um versions of mm, human-looking mm. uh, cylons That's who right. who uh, and the big thing about that was they had a, a monotheistic monotheistic belief so they believed in yeah. the one god and that was essentially it was almost like a a religious crusade that they were on which yeah, was yeah. really really interesting absolutely
1: yeah 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 it was it was so so good and um, one of the things that, that I really liked was that some of the Cylons didn't even know they were Cylons, some of the That's human right. ones.
0: Yeah. They didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, proper sleeper agents. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, no idea yeah. that they were uh, they mm. were silons. And that was some of the big reveals throughout it. If you've not watched that as a listener, I, I would definitely recommend you checking that out. Um, it still holds up in terms of its special effects and um, mm. and everything. So you can still watch it without kind of – been slightly embarrassed um obviously the old Battlestar it's very old now but um but still. I still really love it yeah so I
1: still really really love it I um when I was in school one of the um one of the few extracurricular activities that I was allowed to do was um music and I, I was actually in a school band and I played the trumpet and I taught myself to play the Battlestar Galactica theme tune on the trumpet oh, wow. Can you yeah. still do it?
0: Because if you can, <laughs> you need to play it and send me the audio. But I can't. I can't do it now. <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> yeah, go back thirty-five years now. Yeah.
0: So what else was around at that time that you were watching? Then so we have got Battlestar Galactica. What else was there?
1: Oh boy, what else was there apart from the Star Trek's Battlestar? Galactica. I mean, they're in the UK, um, so our American
0: listeners might not um, might not have heard of some of these, but we had a, a whole series of. It was just a bit before even Battlestar, I think. We had a whole series of uh, programmes that were based around sort of mannequins that puppet puppetry. So um the characters were actual puppets and um which sounds terrible and, and you know it was kind of terrible, but the stories were great. So we had Thunderbirds, we had Stingray, um uh some others as well. Oh ninety. Joe 90, yeah. Captain Scarlet. This is when we started singing the theme tunes, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Scarlet was my favourite of all of those shows. Joe 90 had the best theme tune by Captain Scarlet, in my opinion.
0: So tell us about Captain Scarlet. Again, I had a bit of a problem with this one, so so tell us about (laughs) it.
1: So Captain Scarlet, he was uh, like an agent of this kind of paramilitary organisation called Spectrum. Mm and uh spectrum was divided into different i guess departments and each department had a different color so C- captain scarlet was red and um so spectrum's job is to like they're like an earth defense force mm. even though they hadn't up until that point encountered any alien life i don't know why you'd need to have a planetary defense force if you don't know that aliens exist yet but anyway <laughs> overlooking that <Yeah. laughs> so um Captain Scarlet was a, uh, one member of a, of a three-man team, I think, that went to...
0: I remember uh, Captain Blue. Um, Captain Blue was there. Blue Captain and white. Black was there. Black, yeah. I thought there were a few of them. We, we yeah. met them at different times, didn't we? Yeah. No, there were loads of
1: them, but um, yeah. he was part of this three-man team that went on a particular uh, mission. Okay. They went on a mission to the moon. And um they inadvertently started an interstellar war. or <laughs> well, interplanetary Oops. war. Oops. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they destroyed um something that they saw not realizing that it belongs to an alien civilization. Oh
0: right.
1: And then that kicked off a war with these aliens called the Mysterons.
0: The Mysterons, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. And they were like so
1: invisible, the they? they're invisible. But they have this um, ability to recreate something exactly as it was before it was destroyed but once they when they recreate it is completely under their control right so um captain scarlet ended up being killed in that very first mission but then they recreated him back to use him as an agent of destruction but In an accident, he managed to, I think he bumped his head, and when he woke up, he broke free from their
0: (laughs) their control. (laughs) Sounds like a bit of a too easy way of getting out of this dastardly scheme. But yeah, okay, he bumped his head. So
1: Captain Scarlet is no longer under their control, and a byproduct of this recreation process is that now he can't die. Yeah. So he's completely indestructible. So guess who gets lumbered with all the most dangerous missions? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true, it? Oh another yeah. bomb to dispose of. Oh yeah, let's that's get right. Captain Scarlet. Yeah, so I um I didn't know all that. I I I did remember the mistrons. And I remember there's like there a little the way the camera let you know there were mistrons there, there was like a little round Uh, Round two round circles yeah two round circles on on things um that was to tell you that they they were there um and i remember him being indestructible it was in the theme tune indestructible captain scarlet um i had to do that bit yeah (laughs) and uh i do i do remember but i always thought that was a bit of a cheat you know so if you if you're indestructible then that's all the jeopardy gone, isn't it? Who cares? He doesn't. It doesn't mm. matter if he dies because he's indestructible. So I, I found it a bit, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I just didn't, didn't float my boat. I just thought, well, it doesn't matter if he dies because he's indestructible. But I know they, they did play yeah. around with it a bit and, and made it so he could actually die at one or two points. But
1: yeah, he um, he would die, but he would just come back again.
0: Right. That's the thing. So resurrection. Form. This, this this yeah. raises lots of questions around so a sci-fi trope is is this being brought back from the dead or even being transported like in star trek from one place mm. to another and this does raise questions that you know i sometimes wonder about and i think i did think about these because actually it's a bit like being resurrected you know so in, in jehovah's witnesses we had this belief that the dead would be resurrected even after hundreds or thousands of years god would bring them back as the same person and the question was well how can he do that because you know all the all the flesh and bones have gone but it's in it's in his memory apparently and then you're left with this question of is it still you though because um you're gone and you have the same problem when jean luc picard um you know stands into the transporter and what it does essentially is it, it destroys him it takes him apart bit by bit and then the data is reassembled back at the other end of the transporter. So he, it's like he's been destroyed and then created well, again. That, is that the same person? Yeah. yeah. Or is it
1: just a copy with his memory? <laughs>
0: yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 So this, this reminds me of a really, it's a really deep philosophical,
1: um, you know, subject. And mm. it, it reminds me of, something that's not so deep and philosophical, um, only falls on horses. <laughs> there's, there's a scene where um, the old boy Rodney and Trigger are sitting in a calf. And um, Trigger's talking about him getting an award because he's, his job in the show is like a, a road sweeper. Mm. And uh, he's getting an award and there's a picture of him with a local counsellor and his broom. Yeah. And he said he's had the same broom for like, However many years, they said. Over those years, this broom has had twelve different handles and fourteen different heads. Yeah, <laughs> but according yeah. to him, it's still the same broom. It's the same
0: broom. <laughs> it is. It is. It's very philosophical. Yeah, very deep question. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure we can answer that one, but it is. It's <laughs> something that, that you do wonder about. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Captain Scarlet was was your favourite one? I think. Um, yeah. I think I mean, the reason the I liked road. it so much, sorry, right.
1: to interrupt. Um, yeah. I think mean, the reason I liked it so much was just, it was just so action packed right. and it was action packed in a different way to like, say, Thunderbirds or Stingray.
0: Yeah. It was
1: like because the things that they were in, like, real world situations, especially in the 80s, where they, every other week it seemed like there was another plane hijacking or a terrorist bombing or something like that and the storylines in Captain Scarlet were so similar to what was going on in the world at the time Mm. and um, the action was built all around things like that you know like assassinations terrorism that kind of thing and it was just like really I just found it so exciting Um, whereas Thunderbirds was like okay so they're saving someone else this week it was like you know that's all they were doing just yeah, saving people
0: every week. it was so thunderbirds was this organization called international rescue and um mm. i mean the reason i liked it because they had these cool um planes and spaceships yeah. and things you know they they had thunderbird one two three four and five um and they were just so cool you know um mm. all, all the kids wanted to play with the, the thunderbird toys um so yeah, that would be a different, as you say, there would be a different incident every week, and uh, one of the or more of the the Thunderbirds would have to go and uh, go and rescue this person or, or that person. Yeah, so that that was um, I I really quite enjoyed that. Uh, you mentioned Joe ninety. Joe ninety was was great. It was especially for kids yeah. because the 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 story behind Joe ninety was that you had this this guy who was very you know a, a clever boffin i suppose we'd call him now um and yeah. he invented this machine where you could um you could basically learn something very very quickly and of course he he ended up putting his son i mean ethically this is a nightmare ethical nightmare he put his how yeah. old was he nine years old or something 10 year old son yeah. in this machine which meant he could learn anything really quickly but he had to have these glasses on. i'm not quite sure how that works but anyway the glasses were <laughs> important um when in this machine could learn anything and then he'd send him on missions that were really dangerous you know yeah. life life or death situations that he'd have to go and um i think was, you know bad father bad father yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> but as a kid I mean, it yeah. kind of you can yeah. imagine going on one of these missions yourself couldn't you
1: yeah 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 I, I think that that's that's what makes it so appealing yeah you know most kids have you know dreams or like fantasies of going on adventures or being a secret agent and you know doing all of these grown-up things that kids are definitely not supposed to be doing
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and again you know I do come back to the fact that as JWs we had pretty boring lives so the, mm. the the uh the chance to go and do something exciting was great. Uh, what about the Incredible Hulk? Did you used to watch that? The old oh TV yeah, series? I
1: loved the Incredible Hulk.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Anything yeah. to do I with it. comic books, I, I really gravitated towards.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it was back in the days when there wasn't so much. You know, there was Spider Man. There was a cartoon Spider Man. Uh, there was a TV show Spider Man as well. Oh, was that? I can't remember that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, one of the kids from one of the Von Trapp kids from The Sound of Music, he played Peter Parker in the TV show Oh, Spider-Man. Really? Oh, oh wow, yeah. I didn't know.
0: A bit of trivia there for you folks. He, it was the eldest son. The eldest right. son. Yeah. Um, going back to the incredible Hulk, I found that quite uh quite interesting. Again, this is you know, a lot of these are really actually exploring quite some deep um philosophical ideas. So the big the big question here was you know, again, this comes from the comic book, so it was already there, I guess. But the idea was why how come some people can suddenly become really strong in in an emergency? So the the David Um Banner. Banner. Mm-hmm. Um because the name was slightly different to the comic. I can't remember can't remember the way around, but they, they changed it for some reason. Um anyway, he he had an incident with his wife where his wife was trapped in in a car that was crashed on, on its roof and he wanted to lift her out and he couldn't lift the car up because he was too weak and then he heard of some occasions where people seemed to have done superhuman things and he didn't understand why it was that he couldn't uh that he couldn't have done that at the time what was it and so that's when he started to uh try and understand and um he i think he injected himself with something and that's when he became this incredible hulk when he got angry. Uh, and very emotional so yeah very interesting idea you know about um what is it about is it this kind of raging fire that burns within i remember it yeah. saying at the beginning yeah, yeah. very interesting yeah really um, really interesting concept invisible man was that one you used to watch
1: yes i did watch that a few times um it was ryan o'neill wasn't
0: it who played the invisible man um so not the one Do I'm thinking him? of. The one I'm thinking of was David McCallum, who's recently died. Actually, he died yes uh, a couple of weeks did, ago. Yeah. British yeah. actor, but very famous in in American TV shows. He also played um, Ilya Kuryakin in The Man from Uncle. So that's he, where um, I remember him mostly from. Yeah. or oh, and Sapphire and Steel. Uh, was that him or was? Oh yeah, I think he was in that because that was he was, yeah, it was, it was Joel and Lumley. Lumley. That's right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, so that, they, again, explore some quite interesting ideas there, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've done a whole episode on The Invisible Man through the years because um, the latest film, which is, again, probably a few years old now, but the latest film, The Invisible Man, is really about coercive control. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that, Riley, have you seen um, the latest film? Uh-huh. Um so it's it's really about uh coercive control um of a woman by this guy who's a multimillionaire and um yeah it's it's a very interesting study actually in in coercive control which obviously we know a fair bit about so if you're interested in that that's definitely worth a watch it's it's kind of on the one hand it's it's kind of sci-fi because it is about the invisible man but on the other hand actually it is really about the way that this woman is controlled by this man, and when she tries to leave, you know he mm. is able to control everything about her. It's very, very interesting. Actually, it's very good, very good film. Yeah, I have to add that to my list. Yeah, yeah, uh, you've got a lot. I keep giving you extra ones to watch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've talked about Severance. Um, I really, really want to talk about Severance on this podcast. This is a TV show by apple um it's on the apple tv um channel um subscription service you can i think with apple as well as soon as you buy like an apple product you normally get six months free or something of apple tv so um, it could be that you you actually could watch some of these things if you've not got it currently so um yeah as a listener if you're interested in that check it out severance it's first season is about is it seven or eight episodes um absolutely brilliant the the idea um it's not giving anything away because it is kind of the whole point of the show the idea is that you go through this sort of medical procedure which means that you um, when you're at work, you only remember what you're doing at work, you don't remember your home self, you don't remember outside of work, <sighs> all you can think about is work, you don't remember your life outside. And then, as you're going out of the down the lift and out of the building, at that point, you forget about your work self, so you have no memory, no um, experience of going to work, you know, you work in this place. Um, but you you don't know anything about it. You can't remember anything about it. So you have these two existences, um, and they explore that. Um, and straight away, that's a really interesting concept psychologically. What would that do to you? And of course, you start to realise the profundity of that. How profound that is. Um, it's like when you're the work self. You're always at work. You literally have zero downtime. Down you never have anything to look forward to you are at work all of the time and of of course your home self doesn't you don't know about work you just know that money comes in and that's it but you don't um and but there's so much more and actually it is about again it's about cultic control it really is in my view this is what the, the the story is really about it's about coercive control it's about corporate control it's about yeah, lots of the stuff that we talk about on our channel. So, yeah, I, I know I've, I've sort of mentioned this to you before, but definitely worth checking I'm out. really intrigued now. Come on the show. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: That sounds like work-life balance and steroids.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and at the, at the beginning of it, you think, oh, that's an interesting study in work-life balance, but you don't realise, mm. actually, the depths of it until they start mm. to explore it and the effects it has on you psychologically i think there's a second series that is in the pipeline i really hope so because they you know it is it is left on a bit of a cliffhanger but mm-hmm. there's still quite a bit resolved and um i think it's yeah it's it's brilliant it's well well made um i can never remember his name now it's it's actually written or it's directed by a very famous actor oh that's gonna ben stiller yeah. oh okay oh wow so it's, yeah, yeah, it's um it's made okay. it's made by Ben Stiller. Um he's not in it. Um but yeah, it's it's really it's really, really good. And the thing that's odd really is that you know, Ben Stiller um was kind of raised by entertainers, um, a couple of comedians I, I believe, and he's never kind mm. of lived a normal life, and yet he seems to have such an insight into the corporate yeah. world. It's brilliant, brilliantly made. Wow. Definitely
1: going to have to watch that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So one yeah, that. one movie
1: that I have been absolutely dying to talk about on your podcast on. is actually a cartoon movie, Trolls. Trolls. That's yes. what I remember
0: you saying about that, and I've never watched it yet. Tell us about this. Tro- why should movie I watch Trolls? Is excellent.
1: Okay, so it's it's set in this fantasy world where you have these tiny little creatures, very similar to Smurfs, actually. Yeah they're full of love and life and laughter and they're very, very colorful. They're very community focused. And they just like, they, it seems like they just exist to be happy. But then alongside them, you have these great big ogre type creatures um, called Bergens. Right. And their, their existence is defined by the complete opposite unhappiness. But they have this central belief among all of their people that the only way you can be happy is by eating a troll so every i think it's annually every year on a particular day in the year they go troll hunting and they go they go to where the trolls live and they try to catch a troll so that they can eat one and experience happiness that's that's the whole premise that's quite dark is it for
0: kids yeah it is for kids yeah (laughs)
1: I mean, it's a really, really fun cartoon. I mean, but there are certain elements to the plot and the subtext that only adults will get. But particularly if you're someone coming from a cult or a high-control religion, it will strike a chord with you because to me, the central theme is all about dogma. Because every single troll, sorry, every single Bergen believes that the only way to be happy to eat a troll but nobody knows why and nobody questions it right nobody questions that belief they just accept it all at face value and that exactly that essentially is what dogma is it's Mm. truth by decree something that everyone holds to be true just because somebody said that it's true and dogmas often in the communities where they proliferate go unchallenged Mm. So I think this cartoon really explores that that idea in quite a bit of depth as well, despite all the other childish cartoony things that are going on. It really does explore that that central theme.
0: That's really interesting. I'll definitely have to watch that. Then. Um I mean, the, the other one that um, is is kind of a bit surprising is the Lego movie, the original, the mm. first one, the, the Lego movie. So have you seen that one? You seen the Lego. I movie? have not. No. Okay. No. So the Lego movie again. It it kind of looks like it's just a fun romp with Lego, you know. But it's um, actually it explores something really quite interesting. And again, you know, if you want to look at it through um, a cultic lens. So it starts, it starts with this, the song, which is everything is awesome. You know, everything is awesome. And they're all singing this song. Everything's awesome. Everything's wonderful. Um, It is a bit like a, you know, parody of a JW um, song, you know, with everybody being so happy. Um, And the, um, but it's all very controlled. So everything is, uh, everything has to stick to the rules. Uh, so, the, so the the question, uh, which is a great idea, is, you know, when you buy a box of Lego, are you the sort of kid that likes the box of Lego that has all the instructions in it so you know exactly what you're going to make? You know, you're going to make an ambulance and a little man in the ambulance and so on and so on. Or are you the sort of kid that just likes a box of Lego and then just create something out of their imagination, just some um, chaotic and weird, but fun, you know, and it explores that whole idea. And it starts off where the world is completely ordered and everybody has to do the same thing. It's the same thing every day. There's only one TV show called where's my pants. Um, and it's, just, <laughs> it's the only show on TV. And, um, they they live in this world that's really controlled that everybody's happy that everybody goes through emotions, um, but actually it's boring and there's no there's no creativity there because nobody you know but there is this resistance movement that is these are the people that want to be able to build things just. Just because they want to, and they're weird and strange, and um, so again, it's kind of you know, as as a JW, our world was very much you know the idea was it had to be all this kind of yeah. everybody had to be happy, and it's rigid, and you know the new order is going to be like that. But um, yes, yeah, so I think it's it's definitely there's echoes there, but it's a great you know explore something so interesting during a kids uh, film. So it yeah, is, I would recommend watching it that. is, and.
1: I really love movies and TV shows that are like that, that on the surface, they seem mm. to be about one thing. But when you take off the external wrapper, they're really about something completely different. Yeah. I yeah. Th- Those shows really appeal to me. Like, um, did you ever watch Suits? I've never about watched the, Suits. The, it's a really, really good show. But on, on the surface, it seems to be about these two lawyers. They have like a, a mentor and a mentee kind of relationship. Yeah. But really, the show is really about what if Batman and Robin were lawyers? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. That's really what the show is, mm. you know. Or like mm. um, House, about this brilliant doctor. It's really about what if Sherlock Holmes was a doctor instead of a detective? Right, <laughs> right.
0: Okay. You know, I, I I really like
1: shows that I like that have that kind of duality in their in their premise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, There's so many we could, we could talk about Westworld's another one that um, there was obviously the original film Westworld, and then the, the, the recent TV series, again, exploring some really interesting ideas around um, life and, you know, what, what is consciousness? What is it? What does it mean to, to actually be alive? And, and also how, how we as human beings respond to so as as things like games and um ai becomes more realistic you know i think there's going to be some real interesting questions around um people's behavior towards these things and whether yeah. actually that's a good thing or a bad thing so in, in this in, have you seen westworld
1: i've seen the original movie but, up, right. but i haven't so th- seen th- the
0: series they take it and they just kind of make this amazing thing out of it. Um, And, you know, if you imagine going to a, a theme park where you can live out a fantasy and all the, 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 people in the theme park are actually androids. So in theory, they don't have any emotion and you reset them every day. So you can shoot them, you can kill them. And some, mm. some of these, some of these androids, Get horribly assaulted and all sorts of unspeakable things happen to them, and they then get reset the next the next day, so they have no memory of of any of that. So the question is, you know, what first of all, what does that do to you as a human being if you think that's entertainment and if you enjoy doing those sorts of things? And then, and then the question is, you know, what if these creatures, if these androids experience these things, then forget and go through them all again? you know is that what sort of life is that you know what sort of existence is that for those creatures and of course you know you start to realize that there's a bit more to it than that maybe some of them are remembering some of the things that that's happening to them so again very very interesting raises a lot of moral questions around how we how we behave and um what what it does to us, so yeah, again, fascinating yeah. stuff. So many interesting it's questions.
1: Funny, funny you should mention that because I was having a very deep and philosophical shower conversation with Marsha just this morning about exactly <laughs> the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So um I I do a lot of thinking when I'm in the shower. The the weirdest <laughs> and most wonderful questions just pop <laughs> into my head. So I was thinking to myself and I asked Marsha, um, do you think that if we were created by a god that that would mean that that god had the right to do with us whatever we whatever mm. he wants mm. and uh she said no she doesn't agree with that and i don't agree either." No. and i said well as time goes on and as um ai becomes more evolved if we ever get to a point where these ai robots become sentient we will have to face that question with regards to ourselves yeah just because we as humans created them does that mean we have the right to do with them whatever we want yeah you know and then it would be like we are now the gods <laughs> yeah you yeah
0: know? yeah well that is exactly the question that is explored mm-hmm. really uh, one of many but yeah um and it and it does Come back to this idea of a God who, um, who demands love. I was, I was catching up. I, I, I've got a little bit sucked back into some of the XJW, uh, channel stuff, um, because of the recent changes. That, which don't want to get into that today, but um, I have noticed again some of the comments on the AGM. And this idea that God, all God demands of us is love. You know, how can you demand love from somebody? God. That's the most ridiculous make any sense. thing. You cannot demand love. You Love is something that happens because you genuinely find that person to be someone that you, you care about or you admire or you, you, you know, you have this emotional response. You can't demand that somebody love you. Um, but the idea of a God who demands love, who demands worship, um, that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: No, and it doesn't sit well with me at all. In mm. fact, I find it grotesque.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: I find the whole thing Absolutely. grotesque. I mean, I engage a lot with uh, Christians on uh, TikTok. TikTok predominantly on TikTok but on other forms of social media as well and there's this one lady I have no idea what she looks like but I have a picture in my head of her being this sweet little old grandma type figure and she's very very inoffensive you know which is why I I do engage with her and I genuinely like her as a person and uh, we dm each other our different views and opinions and stuff and um, I sent her a video a while back I can't remember what the video was but it's taken her a little while to reply and she replied just this week and uh she said that what a lot of people don't understand is that jesus or god because in her theology does the same i know it was very different from jw's but she says that all he wants is love and all it is is about it's not about fear the, re- the relationship between human beings and their creator isn't one defined by fear is one defined by love so my reply to her was this i'm glad that you know you feel that way and that you you derive comfort from this relationship that you have with god or, or or jesus but to me personally if i was in a relationship with someone and there was the threat of being tortured eternally not being in a relationship with them, it would kind of sour the relationship. <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it would. It yeah. would just, just put a little bit of a dampener on things.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. But it, it's a it's a notion of God that I think probably made sense to people, you know, thousands of years ago um, mm. when these gods were kind of invented. But we, you know, we, I think surely we've grown a bit now we, to, to imagine that the creator of the universe um, creates these intelligent creatures that um, he then demands that they love him. But he gives them the free will so that they they have the choice not to, but are punished terribly if they exercise that choice you know that's that's no choice at all so yeah very um yeah very i find it very difficult to to understand that that sort of god and i i I think you know when it comes to loving jehovah i thought to myself as a as an ex jehovah's witness when i was a jehovah's Witness, that was one of the things i found the hardest to actually feel anything you know i didn't feel any love for god um, the character of Jehovah didn't make me want to love him. I think Jesus, as portrayed in the uh, the New Testament, um, I can see why somebody would would be drawn to the character that is portrayed for the most part of the Jesus yes. character. But the Jehovah um, character is not is not very loving, as far as no. I'm concerned, and I'm not drawn to him, and I can't help that. You know, uh, just doesn't seem like a very nice person um mm-hmm. and so i yeah i, f- I always found that difficult when, when people would say how much they love jehovah and, and so mm-hmm. on i just you know how can you I,
1: really? I, I was exactly the same i was exactly the same and i spent years believing that there was something wrong with me why i didn't love jehovah in the way that i saw mm-hmm. other people express that they love jehovah particularly my mum
0: yeah because
1: out of, out of all the Jehovah's Witnesses that I've ever encountered. My mum is the one that I think of. When I hear that phrase, love for Jehovah, immediately my mum comes to, to my mind because of how much she obviously did. And I was always comparing myself to her. And I was like, there must be something wrong with me. Why I don't get it. But in all honesty, I found Jehovah much scarier than Satan. Yeah. I found Jehovah absolutely terrifying. Mm. I never saw the devil in that way.
0: No, I mean, not that I
1: saw the devil as loving, but he was no way near as scary as Jehovah.
0: Yeah, a bit more predictable. Um, I, I think um, I've said this before, and, and it is slightly controversial, but um, you know, often the the definition of a cult includes this charismatic leader, um, mm. this leader that is often unpredictable, and you don't quite know where you are with them but they they tell you how much they love you and how important you are to them but then they tell you you're stupid and um you can't do anything and so on and i i think that's the god that jehovah's witnesses yeah. have created it sounds like a narcissistic um unpredictable character that i don't want to have much to do with if anything you know um and it it feels to me like that's that's the charismatic leader it's had, it's a mythical um, creation that that the organization has has created it, it's not the christian god that that many i mean you know the fact is that that is part of the bible it is in there you know this this character is portrayed mm-hmm. in the bible um but for most christians they they brush that under the carpet a bit and, and sort yeah. of focus on the Jesus uh, side of it, the Jesus character. But Jehovah's Witnesses obviously don't because it is about mm. being a witness for Jehovah, the original God. So, yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I see the Jehovah character as being 100% narcissistic. Yeah. 100%, particularly in, in, in his moral sense. I know it's the case for most Christian religions that morality is defined by what God says is right Mm -hmm. or wrong. But I think Jehovah's Witnesses take it even a step further than that. You know, in that, I mean, I've encountered, unfortunately, narcissistic people in real life, and one person that I can think of in particular, they defined being a good person or being a bad person as whether or not you did things that were in their interests or not. Yes. They could completely condemn one person for doing a particular action, but then if someone else done that same action, but on their behalf or in aligned with their interest, they were the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. And I think this Jehovah character that the religion has created is exactly the same. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... um yeah it's, it's very it's very very interesting but we've um we've we've gone off um topic yeah. quite, quite <laughs> badly. that's that's fine <laughs> um, i i think we we probably um need to to bring it to a close it's uh it's sarah's birthday today so um we're gonna oh wow her... oh please wish her a happy birthday for me absolutely absolutely um so we celine i think she's she's um already come around so um I'm going to go say hello to her and um, and Thomas, and uh, and Sarah's actually working this morning, so we're going to um, get some food together and um, have a nice little afternoon. So, Riley, nice. thank you so much for, for you know, allowing mm-hmm. us to geek out on this stuff. I feel like there's still loads to talk about. And uh, Oh, yeah.
1: No, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Um, as, as listeners, you know, if you like this sort of thing, it's very different to what we would normally do. If you think it's interesting or fun or whatever, um, let us know because we can do it again. But, you know, we don't know whether it's the sort of thing that people like <laughs> to listen to. Um, but anyway, if you do, let us know and we'll um, we'll get together again. Thank you, Riley.
1: Thank you, Stephen. And thanks, everybody, for
0: listening. Uh, speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.